Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last night. We had a fantastic show last night. Perfect dialogue, great guests, uh, unbelievable rhythm, everything you could want in a show. We all resonate so well, never run out of things to talk about. It's, uh, it's always a good, good time. Uh, as always, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. You are absolutely incredible. Uh, the show is listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, you missed me past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenextnexgenusa.com. Wow, what a night it has been. Uh, wherever you are, I hope your night is going accordingly. I hope you had a wonderful day. I hope it was productive. Um, another day, another episode of the Rory Sodder Show. Here we are, everybody. 224 episodes. Jesus. I, I mean, this is like a, it's a miracle. Less than two years later of doing this. Here we are. Really is an honor, though. Really is an honor, guys. Um, you know, and uh, it's, it's been quite the day in the media. Uh, President Trump just held a rally uh, in Florida. And, uh, you know, like always, very entertaining, putting in everything into perspective, uh, talking to us like we're humans. And he, you can tell every second that this man loves us with all his heart. Uh, I, I've never seen so much I've never seen so much sincerity and, and so much genuine um, characteristics from, from an individual. I mean, this guy is the best of the best. He's as good as it gets. And, uh, you know, I've always classified him kind of like America's grandpa. I mean, he's that guy that we need. You know, he's the guy that looks out for us. He's the guy that has all the wisdom. Uh, and he can, he can influence all of us and teach us uh, his amazing skills. And, uh it's it's unreal and it's so wonderful how he's utilizing all his talents and putting that towards fixing our country. Um, I've never seen anything like it. You know, I say it all the time. I mean, this guy is something straight out of the Bible. He is something that is uh, a profound machine that we have never seen before. I mean, this guy, and you know what the funny thing is? He makes it look easy too. He makes this entire thing look easy. It's like he does this stuff in his sleep. Um, but yeah, beyond remarkable. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show uh, we have U.S. congressional candidate from Maryland, uh, Tim Faison Baker. Tim, always a pleasure. How are you? I am doing well. Nice to hear from you, Rory. And that's always American Kids First. Absolutely, my friend. God bless you, and great to have you here. Big show tonight. I also would like to welcome to the show. Uh, he's ninety-nine percent sure he's running in Tennessee for U.S. Congress. We have Todd McKinley on with us. How are you, my friend? Welcome back. Always hey, a pleasure. Hey, Rory. I appreciate you having me back on. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, you know, what What a great week. Congress is out of session, but yet now they're already putting their foot in their mouth on when it comes to impeachment. I, I heard, I guess, a congresswoman out of, uh, out of Michigan said, you know, she's not sure if impeachment's the right way to go now. And, uh, you know, she, she's thinking maybe a censure is probably more appropriate. And then the ne- very next right. day, I guess she got several phone calls from yeah, Public Schiff and Pelosi. She got all that pressure. Oh, uh, yeah. All, all of a sudden, she's back onto the impeachment thing. I'm like, you were speaking rational for a second. And then all of a sudden, you know, you had to get back on the train of, of nonsense. Uh, 
you know, which which is pretty sad. You know, yesterday at the White House, Conan was there, beautiful beautiful dog. And then speaking Love of animals, it. we had today a couple of turkeys there at the White House today with getting pardoned. <laughs> uh, Trump did an ama- amazing job. I tell you, he's pardoning the turkeys. Got a shot in on, on the media. I love it. Uh, you know, so it, it made, made me feel really good going into Thanksgiving. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I always love that tradition every year. And, you know, God bless him for putting on a rally. When everybody else is off, he's always working. He never quits, you know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I had an opportunity to go down because I, I didn't I didn't take it. But I, now now I'm shooting myself in the foot wishing I had went down there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a fun time. I mean, they all are. All those rallies are a blast. I have been to every single Absolutely. Arizona rally. It's fun times. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a couple of friends who are working it right now. And they, they sent me a lot of photos. Tell me what I'm missing. So but uh, anyway, and maybe next time around. Yeah. No, I hear you. You know, I you know I'd like to um, I think I'm gonna try to do this. I'd like to go to a rally in every single uh, ma- you know like major city in America. I think that would be uh, a really fun experience. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, looking at the numbers he's pulling down right now, uh, you know, yeah. compared to what the Democrats are, Democrats are doing, I mean, you know, there's no way he's not getting reelected unless you know in some of those states where where they play with voter fraud. You know, outside of that, I mean, he's gonna win this thing. Oh, yeah, and it just came out the other day that he's got over 30% of the black support now. I mean, anytime the Democrats don't get 90% of the black support, they're screwed. They're, I mean, it's, Absolutely. It, they've been screwed for a while. I mean, the, the black the black support in Trump's base is growing like crazy. Oh, absolutely. Heck, yeah, we're looking forward to 2020, baby. Keep, keep America great. Absolutely. Great to have you here, my friend. Yes, sir. I also want to welcome to the show. We have U.S. Congress candidate from – Ohio, Dwayne Hennon. How are you, sir? Doing great, Rory. Uh, looking forward to tonight. Um, a lot of things going on, so we're just keeping busy, uh, just out there plugging away. Absolutely, absolutely, um, definitely. We've got a, got a lot to, got a lot going on tonight. Great to have you here, as always, my friend. Thank you. Okay, um, you know, I, I like I do every episode, and we have a. We have a lot of people coming on tonight. I'm really excited. Uh, it's going to be a really fun show. It's our last show before the Thanksgiving break. No show on Thursday, obviously, because of Thanksgiving. So uh, definitely a lot to get in tonight. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but like I do every episode, I want to start with some of the small headlines, and then I'm going to work my way in, and I'm going to get to the big stuff. And then everybody on the panel, I'm going to let you take your, give your thoughts, give your opinions uh, on any of the stuff I address. So, uh, take notes whenever I call on you. Feel free to share whatever you want and say uh, what's on your mind with the various segments I just went over. Okay, uh, so here's something really big, and, um, you know, this is something that I think is not talked about enough. I think it's overlooked, and, that, and if it was any other president, uh, it would be headline news, and it would be like, uh, you know, it would just be like, it would be the highest praise. But since it's Trump, you know, they find any way possible uh, to, 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 avoid, to avoid certain headlines that, like, like we always say, make him look good. Uh, but anyways, I mean, this guy, for instance, is now donating. I mean, no, he's been doing it since he started. He's donated his salary every single quarter since he became president. He has, he has not taken a salary. Uh, but this quarter, he donated uh, his, his salary to the opioid crisis. And we're seeing how much of a problem the drug epidemic is in America. 
we're seeing, you know, how the op- opioid crisis has taken so many innocent lives, uh, and it's it's a cesspool. It's 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 really to a point of of the d- most dangerous it's ever been. Uh, you know, I'm reading suicide rates. I'm reading all this stuff uh, and families that are affected by it. And, you know, it's big pharma who benefits off of, off of, uh, you know, these situations. And I'm just, I'm happy. I'm really happy that we have a president who's taking the initiative and and addressing so many of these issues, as well as donating his salary to these causes, to these things, to these studies, you know, that that's dedication. That's passion. You know, he wants, he's a guy that wants to solve the problem. He's a guy that doesn't want to keep these problems in place. He, want, he wants to, even if it's like things that nobody else are talking about. I mean, look at, like, look at, for instance, not enough people are talking about this. It just kind of, you know, it, it, people try to act like it's the new norm, and, and people try to act like, um, you know, that this isn't a problem, but it is. And, and people, a lot of, it's become a big problem in America, the, the whole HIV AIDS thing. He wants to get rid of that. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that has it. Uh, there are a lot of people in America, though, that have it. There are, I think, a few million now. So he wants to get rid of the AIDS epidemic, the HIV epidemic, all that crap. Think about what that would do. Think about the impact. He's, I mean, he's turning into like a, a freaking scientist. He's turning into this unbelievable kind of doctor going after and tackling these issues. As president, he doesn't have to do this. You know, and you know, and I didn't want to get too off topic. You know, him donating his salary, but I'm just saying, you know, he's donating his salary. He's tackling issues that uh, many people are not addressing. Uh, many things with public health. Many things with, um, like I said, the, the drug epidemic. So it, it's really a beautiful thing to watch right now, and uh, it's just going to get better. It really is only going to get better. Um, here, here's something really, really disturbing, and it goes back into what I say about. Uh, Elizabeth Warren and the Democrats and, and, you know, how they treat us like peasants and, you know, we're their slaves and they get to live however they want. They get to tell us what to do. They get to put laws into place or, you know, dictating how we live our lives, but they don't get held to the same standard. You know, they, they get all these special privileges. They go out and, and, you know, on, on all these adventures with taxpayer dimes, and they want to lecture other people about the poor. They want to lecture other people about the less fortunate. They want to say how bad and how oppressed America is. I mean, it's, it's the biggest hypocrisy show I've ever seen. These people are in their mansions. They drive their sports cars. They fly private jets. They, they get in their freaking limos. And, and now here's something that's ridiculous. Elizabeth Warren, and this is one of many examples of what the Democrats get involved with, and they're, they're caught lying every second, and they're caught – acting like, you know, they can, their shit don't stink and that they make the rules and that they don't have to follow them. You know, that famous saying, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, But anyways, Elizabeth Warren, she was caught on video lying, saying her son went to public school. You know, they're talking about school choice. There was some supporter that came up to her and said, well, what about your kids? What about your kids? Why, Why do your kids, you know, get this opportunity to go to these nice private schools and then elizabeth warren blatantly right to the woman's face says oh my kid went to public school and then there was a fact check and that was wrong so i mean i don't want to make a big deal out of this i mean this is like a a little small minor topic um but 
it just it goes to show that um, it's the elites versus the poor in the Democratic Party, the high elitists and the very poor. There's, the middle class uh, is, is not even relevant to them. That's not their focus, which is why they always make the middle class pay for all their bullshit. It's true. That's yeah, sick. It's sick stuff. Um, here, here's something that's really bothering me, and I, I'm sure it's bothering many other people too. But so they're making a movie about Roger Ailes and Fox News. Supposedly, supposedly, Roger Ailes was sexually harassing and abusing various women that worked at the network. There were complaints from Megyn Kelly, Gretchen Carlson, and who was the other one? There was like one more, and I forget who the other person was. Somebody could probably refresh my memory when I get to them. But anyways, there was like three of them, and they're making a movie. And Charlize Theron, Margot Robbie, and uh, who's the other chick that's uh, playing? Oh, God. Oh, Nicole Kidman. So they're playing in this movie, and it basically depicts and describes how, like I said, supposedly, allegedly, Roger Ailes was sexually abusing, uh, assaulting women at Fox News, and there were different uh, hush money payments. There were things to keep these women quiet, and apparently they felt unsafe, and so on, so on. But here's what really bothers me about this whole Me Too movement and the, the, these, these allegations and the, all this stuff, is that why did you wait all these years to come forward? Why wouldn't you say something early on? Like, why? Uh, it really seems like attention-seeking behavior, but that's not the main point of why I'm talking about this segment. The, the reason I'm talking about this is because I don't see them making a movie about Harvey Weinstein. I don't see them making a movie about these liberal elites that have raped and sexually abused women for the longest time. Look at Charlie Rose, one of the biggest news anchors ever, no longer in work for sexually abusing women. Look at Matt Lauer, one, one of, maybe the biggest news guy ever, no longer in work, sexually abusing women. They're not making movies about these guys. They want to go after conservatives. They want to go after allegedly when, when there's actually proof with these other people. And I, I just hate it. I hate the double standard. I think it's a sad society we live in where we can't see both sides of the truth. You know, we have pop culture, which really ruins uh, people's perception of things, and so on, so on. And uh, I, I just hate the way Hollywood works. You know, they want to speak about how women, 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 how they're so oppressed. They want to pull this whole social justice warrior bullshit, get all them smelly feminists out in the street making demands, acting entitled, you know, thinking that men owe them something and how they want to be superior and alpha to men. I mean, that's the Hollywood narrative right now. You know, I don't know what happened to these women, uh, you know, throughout their life, these actresses and these activists to make them want to act so crazy, but uh, it's it's definitely a, a whole nother level of, of evil. Um, you can't You can't make this crap up. This is yeah, this is terrorism. I've always said feminism is terrorism. It's no different. I mean, these people are getting violent. They're making demands. Uh, they're just over the top. They really are. Uh, and, we're, and, and here's here's another thing, um, another another topic which is interesting, and I talked about this on my show the other day. Uh, but Obama, Barack Hussein Osama, white mama Obama, has came out and said that he's very concerned about the 2020 Democratic candidates. He doesn't like his good old pal, the child molester Joe Biden, excuse, excuse, excuse my French, doesn't like him. He doesn't like uh, the socialist crazy Bernie. 
he hates Pocahontas. I, I know that. They've been talking about behind closed doors how Pocahontas he thinks is really ruining the party. But I, I find this really odd. I mean, I don't – no, I don't find it odd. But why is Obama waiting so long to come out and speak on this? You saw him for months be quiet behind closed doors, not really talking to the media, doing his own thing, living his life. I mean, obviously he's behind the scenes doing shady shit. I'm, I mean, that's a, that's a gift, duh. But you know what I mean. We, you, you don't hear from him. You know, you know, he's not in the limelight. He, apparently he likes his privacy. Um, and everybody knows I can't stand him. Uh, but just go, going into this, and look, look at what he was trying to take our country. I mean, he was taking our country in the direction of socialism. I don't know if it was quite uh, – I mean, it was bad. It was going that in that direction, not, not as, you know, explosive and over the top as maybe Bernie, but still, um, he's got some nerve, you know. But it speaks volume at the same time that he's coming out and saying, look, the Democratic Party is off their rocker. And he even said he does not recognize what this party has transformed into. I mean, you can, and think about how beloved, think about how idolized he was by all the voters in that party. Once they, when they see statements coming from Barack Obama like this, it really divides that party. There's no enthusiasm. These candidates don't have the charm. They don't have the charisma like Obama did. I think Obama's policies are terrible, but if I could give him credit for one thing, and I think everybody would on this, on this radio show and listening, he was a good speaker. He could convince people and woo them in. He, he was very good at brainwashing. He was slick with his words. He knew how to talk, which I think is the main reason he got elected. Um, and that, you know, and, and believe it or not, you don't really have any candidates right now that know how to speak very well in the Democratic Party. Not to that level. And it, there's no – the popularity isn't anywhere – I mean, who's really going to go out and be all happy to vote for Elizabeth Warren? I, I just don't see it. She's really doing bad with minority communities. Um, you know, she's, she's not doing the best with other, other situations. But, yeah, I mean, and, I mean Bernie, I, I, Bernie's a little more popular. I, you know, at this point, I don't know who's going to get the nominee. You know, Bernie is one of those guys that is – appealing to millennials and various people that are lazy and don't want to do anything with their life. And sadly, we have a lot of those people uh, in our country and it keeps evolving. You keep getting more and more lazy people because of the ideology and the bullshit narratives that are uh, getting spewed from the left. So I don't know at this point, but if you're, if you you guys look at Obama, like the Messiah, you Democrats. So if you're, your leader, if your King is coming out and saying you guys are off, you guys are off. I mean, that's, and uh, he's got, I think, more power with his words in the Democratic Party than anyone. And, uh, you know, it's true. It really is true. Um, here's something very disturbing, and I hope everybody takes notes of this. Uh, a transgender tranny, chicks with dicks, a transgender super PAC has muscled approval for certain school districts to give the radical locker room uh, privileges out, which means you can have a chick with a dick in there with your little girl, you know, and how uncomfortable is this? How disgusting is this? How wrong is this? You've got a chick with a dick with these little kids and the school district, and here, here's the craziest part. Here's the snap, the most disturbing part. You have this super PAC who is working to elect candidates 
with the pro-training agenda. So they're trying to get people in there that are going to push the chicks with dicks narrative all across these schools. We already see socialism intact. We already see Marxist professors. We already see war on free speech at these universities. They keep pushing their agenda slowly but surely, and it works. This is how they grow their base. This is how they get stronger. Put the most radical policies on earth forward, and boom, there you go. I mean, have you ever heard of anything so ridiculous and absurd? We're living in a damn twilight zone. I mean, this would have been laughed at five years ago. This would, I mean, and now, sadly, the left has normalized this crap. They've normalized it. Be a hundred different genders. Wear a wig and wear dress like a man or a woman to story hour and give it to little kids. Tell little kids that they can be drag queens too. That's what the left is saying. It's disgusting. What the hell? And then what really makes me mad is you have these people saying, oh, if you laugh at them, you're a bigot. You're hateful. Oh, really? You don't think 99% of the population thinks it's weird? People that dress up in, in tranny wardrobe? People that want to cut off their dicks? I mean, come on. I mean, come on. This is the weirdest society. I, I, I've never seen anything like this. It's, it's, it's insane. It really is. Um, you know, and, and here, here's something, here's something else that I want to, I really want to talk about. Um, Iran, you know, they're, they're bad. Iran loves to hear themselves talk. I mean, they, they are, uh, all they do is they, they say things to get a rise out of people, to get people's attention. And they, they like to, they, they like to provoke. This is what they do. They're instigators. But now they're saying the United States better be very careful. And they've been saying this for the longest time. They, they like to do their petty threats, but then they don't do a damn thing. They're all talk, no action, like Trump would say. And if Iran ever were to act or ever were to do, do something to the United States, it would be the biggest mistake of their entire life. Their whole country would be gone in less than 30 minutes. If you want, even if you do the slightest thing to the U.S., you're done. Do you really want your millions of people to be burned to the ground? Do you really want that? I mean, seriously, because I think many people in America are not too fond of you guys, and we wouldn't miss you, especially with the way you guys talk about us. You chant in your freaking streets saying death to America. I mean, and yeah, and you, you have your little freaking, you know, whatever the hell you wear, your turbans, whatever the hell you wear. You guys think you're tough. I mean, it's just, it's silly. It's disgusting. These people are pigs. You know, you got to shove some bacon in these people's throats. You got to make them eat it. I mean, that's, I think that would be good enough torture for these people, and that would teach them a lesson. You got to shove it down their throats. Make them eat the pig. Make them eat it. Show, you know, and tell them, you know, that, that uh, they need to uh, accept pork into their lives. I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with these people. And I'm sick of the, the radicals. I'm sick of the Alu Akbar bullshit uh, individuals that want to go cause chaos everywhere they go. They, and they, that's another, they're the biggest bigots in my opinion. They're one of them, but they're the type of people that, you know, uh, push their Quran ideology uh, down people's throats. You know, that they, they want to have this whole political correctness and believe it or not, they want to get rid of pork in the United States. Oh yeah. There's all these Muslim groups that are trying to 
boycott pork and, and trying to get rid of it. And we have all these certain voting groups that are trying to coddle these, these individuals and trying to appeal to them, saying you can't insult Muslims um, because this is the religion of peace. Oh, yeah, it's the religion of peace, all right. Go look who their god was. Go look who the person they look up to, Muhammad and Allah. Go look up, go look up Muhammad and Allah. Go look up these people that they aspire to be, the sick, 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 sick world. Look at, look at Europe. Look at Europe, what Europe has transformed into because they coddled and enabled and let the Muslim ideology assimilate into their economy, into their country. Sick. It's sick, sick stuff. Um, like, like I was talking about earlier, um, Obama, very concerned about the candidates, very concerned about the future of the Democratic Party. So he came out recently and started criticizing Joe Biden, <laughs> started criticizing Joe Biden, too, saying Biden doesn't have what it takes. I mean, you think about that. You have a guy who you used to work with, you, and he doesn't even want to endorse you. And then Biden tries to say, oh, I, I, didn't, I, I asked him not to endorse me. I wanted to earn it. Come on, man. But, I mean, when Biden talks and his gaffes and his mishaps, he's like a comedian. This guy's funny. I actually think – you know, Biden, there's a nice guy there if you saw him, saw him on the street. But I think he's corrupt as shit, and I think he's a pathological liar. I mean, it's like funny when he lies because it's so obvious. It really is. Um, here's something really big, and I, and I talked about this yesterday on my show, but impeachment uh, has now collapsed and turned off many black and Hispanic voters, meaning you have – Black support now for Trump, according to yesterday's poll, at 34%. I personally think it's higher than that. It's probably around 40 for everything Trump's done to the black community. But that's huge, and that's enough to win the election by itself. Just think about it. Democrats need 90% of the black vote uh, to, you know, to, I mean, to, to, to win, to, get, to, be the, to have the advantage in these elections. And they're, they, they're long gone from that. They don't have anywhere near that. Um, and we're seeing his Hispanic support for Trump has skyrocketed. But anyways, I mean, if that poll isn't any indication, I mean, these minority communities are so happy that Trump has had lowest Hispanic unemployment, lowest Asian unemployment, lowest black unemployment. And think about it. They care about the economy, the first thing. I think anybody in this country that works cares more about the economy as a voter, as a first priority, than any other issue. And when you have a winning economy uh, – you're you're in the you're in the driver's seat. You're 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 the front runner. No, there there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Every president since I think World War II that's had a winning economy wins uh, re-election. So I'm I'm not worried. This is it's really looking good on us. It really is looking good. Um, okay, let's let's. Um, okay, actually one last small thing, and then we get into the big stuff. And then we're gonna introduce our people and, and get to everybody on the panel, but. Um, so House Democrats are now uh, suing uh, the Trump administration over census documents, and we all know why they're doing this. We all know why they take advantage of illegal aliens. We all know why they want open borders. We all know why they want all these felons to vote. I mean, this whole census thing is just another example of Democrats abusing their power. They don't want the census question asked because it affects um, their, their votes and it affects their base. 
they, we've had many illegal aliens vote for Democrats in the past. We, we've had and, – and the census is going to show – I mean, I don't know if everybody would be honest on the census. That's another problem. But let's just say for argument's sake, half the people were honest. That's a lot of illegals you're going to see on the census, and it screws over uh, the Democrats' plan, their ultimate objective. They want to make voter fraud a legitimate thing. They want to do all this stuff under the bus, and they'll, they'll deny it. They'll keep denying it, but they don't have the everyday American on their side, so they have to cheat. They have to find these other loopholes. It's true. It's ridiculous. Okay, the main thing, main thing. Um, President Trump's rally today, very big, very big. Um, and, you know, this impeachment thing is, is insane. Um, you know, we now have the first hearing set up for next week. They've invited Trump to come testify. Trump said he's open to doing it. Obviously, his lawyers advise against it. I would advise against it. Just think about this. If you say the smallest thing, uh, they can twist it. They can spin it. They will try – they'll have the media on their side, which – I mean, if you ask me, that's their biggest advantage, having the media. Because when you have the media on your side, they'll, they'll do whatever it takes to protect you. And Trump will do something in that – I'm not saying Trump would self-incriminate himself because I don't think he's stupid, but I think he would say something that they could spin. Not necessarily that it's – what he's saying is wrong or out, out, of, out of line or against the law, but they would find a problem. That's what they do. They say these people are vultures. These people are animals. They will not stop. They won't. And it's just going to look bad on them. It's only backfiring. We saw how popular Bill Clinton became after the impeachment hearings. We saw how the House, the Democrats won the House. It goes nowhere. There's no legitimate cause. There's no sufficient evidence. There's no merit. There's no merit. It's all hearsay. How many other damn no's do I have to get? Is he involved with any quid pro quo? No. Did you see anything wrong with the call? No. Did Trump ever pressure you to investigate the Bidens? No. Was there any bribery? No. No, 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 no. I mean, come on. When does it end? You have all these so-called star witnesses that were supposed to crack the code and be the freaking smoking gun. But guess what? These people don't know a damn thing. For instance, you had one of the star witnesses that admits that he was sitting around drinking wine during the call, and he doesn't even recall what was said. I mean, have you ever seen a bigger clown show on Earth? I have not. You know, and now they're giving Don McGahn, uh, now they're giving him a bunch of stuff. I mean, now a a judge has now ordered uh, McGahn must testify about his White House role. So there, you know, everybody knows Don McGahn uh, didn't think it was necessary, and the Trump administration didn't think it was necessary for him go, to go in there. So now they have a uh, they have an order. They, he's he's required now. He he doesn't have a choice anymore. This is the biggest abuse of power, the biggest uh, scam, the biggest sham. I've never seen anything in political history uh, to this level. I can't, I can't fathom this. I really can't. And you know, it's the shift. You see the impeachment polls. There were some polls that came out that even on the Democrats are ashamed of shift. Certain voters, they're like, this guy has nothing. 
This guy has nothing. They're, people are waking up. They really are. And I just, I just want to say, um, I want, I want to play this Tucker Carlson clip real quick, and I'm going to get to everybody. Um, but this is, this has gone on far too long. In any other court of law, it would have been dismissed. It would have been thrown out. Uh, and you look at all the laws the Democrats broke to try to see if Trump maybe broke the law. He did not, but they broke laws to try to see and, and, and illegally investigate him. I mean, do you see everything that's wrong with this? Every sort of conflict of interest on earth. And they can't beat him, so they want to impeach him. It drives them nuts that he's giving power back to the people. They can't handle it because for the longest time in Washington, it's been all about their special interests, and it, they don't care about us peasants. It's the reality. Um, we are going to introduce here in a second um, our, our guests and our, our panel. Uh, I do want to play this clip uh, from Tucker Carlson, though. He really um, – Actually, I can't. I can't right now. I, we don't have time to play the clip, unfortunately. I'm going to go to. Um, let's go to Todd. Todd, go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you go first. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Roy. I appreciate it. Yeah. You, you unpacked a lot of stuff there. I got to tell you. You know, let's think about it. You, you talked about the show that they're getting ready to do about Fox News. Uh, Showtime has already done a show called The Loudest Voice. It had Russell Crowe. I don't know if you get, if you saw that. It was a, it was a limited series, but I think they had like ten or twelve episodes. And, of course, you know, they really went after, you know, Fox News. And, of course, it was an a, a agenda show anyway. They were pushing an agenda. Um, yeah. You know, but, but, I, but, but that's already out there. So here we go, here we go again with this. Uh, I, I know that there's a, a, a show called The Morning Show with, with Steve Carell. He's playing kind of a Matt Lauer-type person on Apple TV. Of course, you know, that, that's kind of after the fact that, that the, you know, Matt Lauer is obviously guilty of this, and, and it, even the left can't even defend him. You know, that's just why they don't even talk about right. it. They don't even bring it up. But, of course, right. they're going to go do everything they can. They're going to do everything they can to continue to go after Fox News because that's not really going after Fox News. That's going after every conservative, every Republican, and, of course, the president at the same time. That's why they're, they're doing that. Um, you know, and, of course, next, next week I think it's Adam Schiff and his little colleagues, his little minions are supposed to have their impeachment inquiry uh, – Report done and turned into, I guess, the uh, Judiciary Committee, which is the next uh, the next committee that's going to be holding hearings. Uh, you know, that's going to be another sham held by Jerky Jerry over there, Jerry Nadler. Uh, that's just going to be another little show for them to try to push their their narrative. And of course, I think what they're going to do is take what they what they learned uh, in in the first uh, set of uh, hearings, uh, the, the things that they did bad and they got bad press on. They're going to try to change that and, and try to maybe have a better showing next week, I guess, or whenever they have the, the next hearing. Uh, which is it's all it's all BS anyway, uh, you know. And, and I heard I heard that Obama behind the scenes is like you just talked about, is is looking to kind of step in if he needs to, if his, if like the far left is like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders and like the AOC types get the nomination, uh, and try to push the party back, uh, you know, and, and maybe even at some point. Uh, once they get to their convention, try to try to get them to not nominate those types of people, uh, you know, provided they they win enough delegates, uh, you know, because the, the, even Obama understands that leftism and, and, and outright communism doesn't work. Uh, you know, I, I know he's a major liberal, but I mean, he, he understands it doesn't work. So whenever somebody like Obama says, hey, that's that's far enough, you know, I think Americans need to step up and wake up and pay attention. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. And what what are your thoughts on some of the other stuff? Oh, you're, man. You're, I mean, so, and I'll tell I'll tell you, man. You're running for Congress. We need people in there for, like you protecting the president, man. It's a dangerous time. 
Well, and, and I've got to tell you, you know, one of the problems you, you, you run into, we, we went to, you know, D.C. and sit down with a number of PACs and a number of different organizations and people. And, and it's really hard with an incumbent that, that lingers around. You want to talk about people who just kind of, uh, you know, m- money speaks, if you will. And somebody that's already in there is, is already bought and paid for. This is what I was told by a number of people. They said, you know, we, we, don't, we don't want to say it this way, but they said essentially, you know, your congressman, you know whether whether or not he, he's necessarily bought and paid for, but they're they're bought and paid for because they've already had their uh, you know money's money to get elected and reelected and so on and so forth. They're already in there. They want to get their money's worth out of these folks, and, and that's not to say that your any one congressman is necessarily bought, but that's kind of the narr- that's kind of what they use the little the verbiage that they use, uh, which is it's it's very sad that you know e- even the good Republicans and uh, you know good conservatives once they get in there it's uh, you know they. They're not going to ever ever leave. I mean, it's it's just pretty sad. And of course, a lot of times they get ensconced and they get re- uh, relaxed and lazy. Uh, and, and after a few terms, that they lose sight why they went up there to, in the first place. Um, you know, so that's some of the things we ran into uh, with regards to trying to garner the support and money. Uh, but we've got basically people waiting in the wings in the event he decides to move on uh, that they're going to support us. But it's just uh, trying to get him to. To move on over the next couple months before we have to pick up petitions in January, uh, and if that's the case, we have a good shot of, of, of you know getting enough money to run run a winning campaign. Uh, if not, we're just kind of you know bide our time for 2022. So that's kind of where we're at on that one. Right, right. No, absolutely. No, I, absolutely. And uh, any other thoughts? You got some any other, other stuff I discussed? You got any opinions on it? Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, let's look at this. I mean, Trump here, here it's Thanksgiving. What are the what are these members of Congress doing? They're going back to their home districts, and yeah. a lot of them were not even hearing it, hear, hearing hearing from them. You know, Trump's out there having having a rally for you know about twenty thousand people down in Florida. Uh, you know, a, a state that's going to be probably a, a, a state that he needs to win certainly, but you know, it, it could it could basically decide the election again this year. I think. Uh, you know, you go back to at least two thousand. Uh, for Florida has been basically the state that's decided it, and of course, 2016 is the state that decided it, and his numbers are looking very good down there. And I think I think if he's uh, very successful down there, the other states that you know he's he did very well in, his poll numbers are looking pretty good at this point, especially after the impeachment nonsense. Uh, I think he'll have a he won't have a problem going to Ohio and Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and and winning again, and basically being the president uh, for the next four years. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. One hundred percent, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I hear you. It's uh, we're di- we're living in a uh, an interesting interesting time. Um, absolutely, yes, sir. Uh, Doctor Doctor Henning, go ahead. You're running for Congress in yeah, Ohio. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of a lot of interesting things there. Um, you know, I, number one, the first thing you brought up, um, Trump uh, donating his money to the opioid crisis. Um, that yeah. is key for our area of Ohio. We are like the top. Yeah. One of the top-rated districts in Ohio um, for drug overdose, drug addictions. Um, so that that's really key. It really comes home for us, uh, you know. So that that just proves where his heart is for you know really reaching out to the people because you know these are people that really need the help, whether it's because of pharmaceuticals or just because of bad choices. Uh, you know, we have to reach out and help these people, and it just shows his heart and compassion. Uh, just like you know, working for hey, let's find a cure for AIDS. Uh, what other president has done that? You know, has really put their heart into, hey, how can I affect the people and how can I make, make their lives better? Uh, you know, and, and you, you brought up Iran there for a brief moment. And, and as you were talking about Iran, I was just thinking, man, you are making me hungry for a bacon double cheeseburger. 
That, that's all, all I can say. <laughs> you're talking about pork, talking about bacon, and I'm thinking, you know, a bacon double cheeseburger would be really good right now. So, I mean, if you want to bring me one over, I'm ready to go. Uh, but, you know, yeah, that does you, sound you, good. you know, you're right. Uh, it, it sounds great, doesn't it? It's like, uh, you know, the thing is, it's like they're talk. They're all talk. And I'll tell you what, we have a president right now that doesn't bluff. When he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. You know, so I'd be real careful if I was in any other country, you know, uh, about, you know, trying something for the, on the U.S. Um, that'd be a bad move. Um, he's a man of his word. He's here to protect our country. Uh, you know, he said it in 2016 in his campaign, he was saying, hey, we're going to build a wall. And guess what we're doing? We're building a wall. You know, it might not be the wall that, you know, people were visualizing, but he knows how to get it done. And he knows how to get it done right. And he knows how to get it done under budget. So he's doing a great job, uh, you know, looking at all of these issues. Um, the, the transgender thing, you know, listen, I, I'm a pastor, and I'll tell you what. Disturb, um, kind it's of, you disturbing, know, man. <laughs> it's very disturbing. It's an abomination. It's what it is. Um, you know, it is just it is just beyond uh, you know the thinkable things. When when you you know you look back on America, you would never think that's where we'd be right now, even talking about something like this. Let alone actually having it lived out in our streets, lived out in our schools. Uh, you know, and I keep ch- saying on my campaign trail, you know, the number one problem that we face in our country. And our founders knew this to be the case because you, you, you had people like, uh, you know, um, saying, saying back within our founding fathers that the Constitution was for a moral people. We've lost morality in our country. You know, we, we've gone the wrong direction and we need to turn back. You know, I keep wearing these hats that say, make America godly again, because I believe that's where the problem is. We've got to bring godly character back into our society. We've lost it. And, 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 you know, that's where our problems really lie. And I mean, we can talk about economics. Trump's doing a great job on that. But you can have the greatest economy in the world, and if you don't have God, you still have nothing. You know, and, and I, I will, you know, I'll say that that is the foundation of my whole campaign. Um, you know, that's why we've set up different prayer meetings at uh, some of our GOP headquarters um, because, you know, I, I firmly believe that. We need God back in our nation like nobody's business. Um, I believe it was Patrick Henry said that. Uh, he said our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, that was give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry that said that. Said that. Uh, un- unbelievable. And now you have people saying, hey, you know what? God doesn't matter. God doesn't exist. You know, it's a, they want to go the whole extreme other way. And we've got to push that back. We've got to push against that narrative. And, and I keep telling people in our area, the church has to stand up, and they've got to fight back. We gotta quit just sitting down in our pews and just saying, "Oh, you know what? Maybe if I, you know, just cowering to, to the nonsense." And I tell you, and I've talked to a lot of black people, and, and the black people in my district are starting to wake up. You know, you're talking about, you know, 30 or to 40 percent. I believe that for Trump. I believe they're they're starting to wake up, and they're starting to say, "Hey, you know what? This guy's doing a lot of good. You know, maybe he's not a racist." You know, uh, that's a narrative that the media's pushed. That's a narrative that the Democrats have pushed: racism, racism, racism. If he's racist, he's very terrible at it. He's a failure at it. So, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that I think come 2020, you're going to see, number one, the House flipping, and number two, the President, President uh, Trump still in the White House. So I believe that, that's my prediction. Now, who's going to be on the other side running against them? Boy, there, there's a question because I tell you what, they have nobody. Um, I don't believe Barack Obama's pick, picking Bloomberg. That, that's all I know. I don't think he's picking Bloomberg. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I really, I, I don't know who he's going to pick. I mean, it, it, I don't think Obama's a fan of any of them right now. And, I mean, well, that's, and, that, that's, and that's right. That, that's the problem. He, he'd have to pull somebody out of his hat and say, hey, here's the, here's the person, because they have nobody that has crossed that stage as of yet that um, that I think fits the mold that he's even looking for. Uh, he knows they've gone too far, and I think we all know they've gone too far. But how do you dial back that when you're this far you know, heading into the election season? How do you dial that back now as a Democrat? I don't know if it's possible. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Uh, there, there, there's no middle ground anymore. You know, it's it's a crazy time we're living in. Uh, any other thoughts? Well, you know, it's just that. I mean, you're, you're right. It's, it's a crazy time we're living in. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of things at play. There's a lot of things at stake in our country, and I think people are starting to wake up and realize that something's gone wrong in the Democrat Party. And, and I really think we're going to see that play out. And, and you're, thankfully, that's the case, and it's not going the other way because, you know, if we got a Bernie or we got an Elizabeth Warren or, God forbid, in 2024, we got someone like AOC, um, we're in trouble. We're in trouble at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well said, as always. Thank you. Um, let's go to uh, U.S. congressional candidate in Maryland. We have Tim Faisenbaker. Tim, go ahead. Your thoughts. Thanks, Rory. Great topics, and one hits home right here in Maryland. So I have to give a thumbs up first to President Trump for donating his third yeah. quarter salary to the opioid yeah. crisis. Now, it touches on a negative side here in Maryland. Now, we're facing opioid issues as well, but the first lady, who I think everyone can admit isn't a political activist. She's very gracious. She comes to Maryland today, and she gets booed. By a bunch of middle school and high school students, the whole thing was set up. It is, it's more evidence of what a socialist territory and state will produce. They indoctrinate these kids, and they are that disrespectful to the first lady. Now, as much as I would not prefer to see a former first lady there, I still would not have booed. And I think that is just evidence of our culture run amok. And it's, it, it's, it's lack of morals, it's lack of respect, and it's just it, it's, not, it's not the way that we should be engaged in civics. So a thumbs up to President Trump and a thumbs down to the people that were disrespecting our, our first lady. The uh, Warren and the school choice versus public schooling thing, obviously this isn't the first time. She said things that were exaggerated, uh, i.e. the whole um, Indian aspect there. So it's – many of these liberal politicians will do this so many times. They just – they want to show that they are of the people in a sense, yet when the camera's not on, they're like, I am above these people, and I don't want to be bothered by them. And it's just more evidence that these people are out of touch. They believe they are betters. And that is the wrong type of person to have in there. When you have a true public servant, someone like President Trump who actually donates his salary because he's serving the public and not getting rich off of it, now his name will obviously be beneficial, benefiting from being a president. But, but that is what a public servant really is, not someone who uses the people to be advantageous towards themselves. So Elizabeth Warren, we've seen this before with you. 
and with many of your type, and we aren't buying it. So the uh, Roger Ailes movie, I believe the third person you were talking about was Andrew Tanteros. So is that it, Rory? Is that the name? Uh, it's uh, I don't know what the I don't know what the name of the movie is, but it's with Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, and yeah. uh, Charlie Sharon, and they're it's like they're playing Megan Kelly, Gretchen Carlson, and yeah. one other woman. I, I forget who the other girl it's is. Andrea, Andrea, Andrea Tanteros is the is the one I think you're thinking of. So oh, okay, uh, but either either way, I mean, you, when you said about like Harvey Weinstein, you know, here's. Cutting out a little bit. I'm sorry? Not better. You were cutting out a little bit, but much better now. I can hear you much better. All right. You got the Harvey Weinstein, who's your chauvinistic uh, pig that that the left tries to portray the right as, yet that's not usually on the right. You'll see these people on the left, and they they will spin it because they understand that the media – is a is a major player in shaping the narrative of what they want, and that's why they were smart, especially in the '60s and '70s. That generation, they knew they wanted to take over this country and change it. They had to get in the media, but it's, it's programs like yourself and, and and other programs around around this country where you have this the new generation, these conservatives that are coming in. They're taking over the media, and and that gives me promise that in the future. That our movement will, you know, maybe take over the, the mainstream media eventually. So we, it's just movies like this. Don't waste your time. Don't even see it, and don't don't listen to any of the pundits and their reviews on it because we already know it is a political hit job. So um, Obama, I think what he is doing here by not endorsing Biden or anyone, I think it's more of a calculated is. He wants to look as if he only picks winners at this point, and he pretty much knows. I think the writing's on the wall that it, it it's going to. I mean, every race is tough, but let's face it: Donald Trump is the heavy favorite in real polls to win this race. And if Obama lends his name to any of the candidates and they lose, it tarnishes Obama's belief in himself. And possible uh, future endeavors with maybe his wife or anyone that he he wants to support in the future. So I think that's probably why he's staining from supporting anyone there. The um, issue with Iran, and I just always remember just to tell people like Israel is our ally in that in that area. Iran is an adversary. You know, many of those countries in that area want to kill us. They chant death to America. Yet the far left will side with those terrorist-type regimes against even someone like Israel because they want to change this country, and they will be friends with their enemies to do that. So the next thing you were talking about was like with, with transsexuals. You know, the transsexuals, you got to understand, hey, you, you'll be killed in Iran. You have a place to live in places like Israel or or in the United States, yet you side with that socialist, tyrannical regimes that want to basically kill you. But also the homosexual community is really starting to also move conservative, lot, just like we're seeing with the black community and the Jewish community, 
And the homosexual community has told me over and over that the, the transsexual movement is a hindrance on them because they, they give the homosexual community a bad name because they are being flagrant with what they do, and, and, and they don't appreciate that. They, they don't want to be associated with that movement. That movement is completely different than the homosexual community, and they're not happy to see it. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, so happy Thanksgiving to everybody you know, around the nation, and, and just as a reminder that part of the reason that Thanksgiving was going on was because the people that were here were pushing socialist ideology in a sense, and they struggled, and then they had to change and, and, and create a new system, but it's just one reminder that at the beginning of this country, this this socialist utopia was tried, and it failed, and it failed miserably, and Thanksgiving should be a reminder to everyone out there that our system, the founding of America, is what has made us great, not these socialist aspects that they uh, that they tried. So great topics, great show again tonight, Rory, and um, you know, America – you got three candidates on this call right now on this program. We are all fighting to take back that house and to work with President Trump. Absolutely, absolutely. Always a pleasure, uh, Tim. Um, definitely stay with us. Though got a lot more to get into tonight, uh, but love having you here and always right on point. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I do want to welcome. I believe she's with us. I want to welcome to the show. Businesswoman and talk show host, Tamara Lee. Hi, Tamara. How are you? Hi, I'm here. I've been listening along, and it's Tamara Lee. Tamara. That's right. It's Tamara. I, I, Tamara, <laughs> Tamara. <laughs> I, look at, I look at the yeah. word, and I, I always do that. I'm sorry. Um, no how worries. are you, though? No worries. How are you? Doing well. Thank What's the you. Latest? Always What's the, fun to be on your show. Always great having you uh, here. What's, well, what's new? Well, I like your your guest list. I was listening to Todd. The other two are um, are new to me, but um, I've met Todd actually in person and was glad to hear his thoughts on running. Uh, one of my big things that I am going to be talking about on my own show, Tamerly's Trend On, with my co-host friend Hamachek, who is the director of policy research at TNAP, the New American Populist organization um, is the so the Trump rally in Florida was terrific tonight as always and all the Trump rallies are if you've never been they're very uh, energetic uh, just a once in a lifetime experience however the big thing for me in 2020 is that down ballot voting and so the presidential election is like Thanksgiving since we're talking about that holiday and Christmas and Easter, you get the voters who will come out because it's a presidential election. And we have to, as mega uh, Trump supporters, do a much, much better job of informing people of who the mega candidates are on the down ballot. Because uh, sadly, too many people will only vote by name recognition or what they've heard on the mainstream media, which we know is fake news and anti-Trump. So we have to look at 2020. And I don't want it, uh, the rallies give us uh, a sense of confidence, of excitement, of unity, of winning. 
but I don't want any of us to be complacent and take granted that it all is on Trump to win the Senate and the Congress. We have to do a great job. And so I was glad to hear, you know, Todd's perspective on kind of waiting to see what's going to happen in his race. But um, there's candidates corner. There's I tweet out uh, mega candidates. It's important to find out who they are and then be supportive. Don't support the, the mega candidates directly because they've got an uphill battle. So that's my soapbox, one of them for tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm sure, what did you think on some of the other stuff? I mean, you probably think this impeachment thing's an entire mess. Oh, um, actually going to talk about that tomorrow on my show, which airs at 10 a.m. Central Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, a little shout out, which would be eight your time uh, on the West Coast. But um, the impeachment the Senate should not take it seriously. It should be over and done. It's just a distraction. I think impeachment fatigue is a good thing. I'm glad that the holidays are here and people are, are um, they get campaign fatigue as it is. So I'm glad that right before the holidays, Trump had a terrific rally tonight. Uh, the media will probably ignore those talking points and focus on the impeachment. But that's where we have to get out from behind our keyboards and inform people and kind of set them straight over the Thanksgiving holiday, <laughs> like back to Obama years, right? When he said, talk to your family at Thanksgiving. Well, yes. Then Republicans tend to shy away from that because we don't want to cause problems, but there's a way to do it. Ask questions. That's a key way to engage people in conversation and get them to come to their own conclusions because you can't convince or persuade anybody. You want to bring them to their own conversion by challenging their belief system, and questions are a great way to do that. So ask them how they feel about the impeachment. What do they think are the facts about it? So that's right, right. I don't Absolutely. Know if that answers your question. No, for sure. And, you know, you said you've been working lately with um, the Blake Pack. Tell us about that. What's, what's going on there? I know you guys, you guys are doing a lot of good stuff. Yeah, Black Pack, um, George Farrell, who is the founder of Black Pack, they are at Real Black Pack, a great group that supports conservative candidates within the black and minority community. And uh, we connected back in 2016 and have worked uh, closely together on some of the different races. And Black Pack will endorse, it's, um, they'll endorse any candidate that uh, supports the mega agenda. And um, so they're a good resource. And I know with the black conservatives, we've seen this overwhelming shift happening, which is very exciting. And I also, for um, those who don't know, I work as a director of communications and marketing for a film company called Hankerson Henry Productions. And our documentary Gullah Geechee Corridor and the East Coast Greenways is a 30-minute documentary that highlights both the Gullah Geechee, which are the West Africans who came to Florida and along the East Coast there, uh, I think it goes up Georgia and North and South Carolina, and then uh, the rails to trails from the slavery routes, there was actually routes that went down to Florida as well as to the north. And those have been converted to 
uh, hiking and nature trails and cycling trails. And so the film covers that documentary, and, and it's based on Florida. And Derek Boyd Hankerson, who is the co-executive producer and writer and narrator in the film, uh, is Gullah Geechee, West African descendant. And he is very much an outspoken conservative. He works uh, with Congressman Brian Mast on Florida and has been in politics his whole adult life. I think he worked in D.C. And he is very much the idea that the blacks, I think what is resonating with not only particularly the blacks, but with any of these uh, minority groups that the Democrats try to box everybody into their own, separate us into a little box. Um, for sure, for the blacks, they are at this point in time recognizing that their history uh, isn't defined. Uh, their contributions to America are not just limited to slavery, victimhood, the plantations, and they want ownership of, of and, and Trump is empowering them with that of their rightful roles in the greatness of America. So to me, that's an exciting thing going on right now. Amazing. Amazing. Um, no, I mean, I love, I love everything you're doing. Um, I uh, definitely love a lot. I want to talk about with you later in the show. We got a lot to get to, um, but please, can you, can you stay with us for a little bit? Oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. All right, everybody. I need to take a, Quick, quick commercial. Um, actually, let me see here. Hold on one second. I want to make sure I may have. I want to make sure I have somebody on the line, and I want to introduce him real quick. Hold on. Here we go. Um, Seth Siegel, man, how you doing, buddy? I wanted to make sure I got to you before I did a commercial. But Seth, what's going on? Hey, thank you for having me on the show. It's been very interesting to listen to everyone's opinion and. Thank you uh, for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely, man. What's uh, what are your thoughts, man? I'm sure you got a bunch of opinions about what was said. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. The uh, in terms of the impeachment, um, you know, the, the, it's just been a sham uh, so far. They, they have they have no evidence. They've brought no, nothing to the table, but yet it's just been a continued um, a continued sham every every day. Another it's presumptions. It's all based on presumptions. There's no facts. They don't bring any facts to the table. It's just pre- based on presumption, and that's totally not how it works. And there's a lot of elitism there. They think that they, they want to overturn the 2016 election, and that's definitely uh, it's definitely very arrogant, very uh, very elitist. Absolutely, man. And I know you're doing a lot of different activist stuff. I know you're uh, doing things, help helping different, uh, you know, organizations, and this 2020 man, very important uh, election for us, man. Very important, yeah. It's it's so important that we all get out and vote and make sure we we don't we we continue um, to see the MAGA agenda and uh, you know President Trump has uh, has done so accomplished so much and. He's, you know, it's really promises made, promises kept. He really has kept so much of what he promised, which is unusual for politicians. So uh, it's really important that we that we continue this this movement and we and we get out and vote. Yeah, it's a major election, so it's exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. And you, I know you were listening for a while. Do you have any other thoughts on some of the 
talking points that I I made? Oh, definitely. No, I, de- I definitely. Um, I, I heard one of your other callers. I, you know, I definitely agree. Um, there's this moral um, foundation to this country as well, and then that, and that's something that also deserves emphasis. That's the, uh, you know, uh, the foundation of uh, liberty. Um, you know, with, without the Constitution was intended for a moral people. That's uh, one of the founding fathers said that. So it's definitely, uh, definitely very important, and definitely uh, something that we're seeing less and less of, especially from the liberals. But uh, it's something that's that's very important in in our day and age. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, stay with us, Seth. We got a lot to get into tonight. I am going to take a quick commercial, everybody, um, and we will be right back. It is a beautiful, beautiful night. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Fridays, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you.
And we are back. The Rory Stoddard Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries and nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us. Let's make sure. Give me a second. Star Carter, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Good, man. What's going on? Uh, how are you? Uh, good. Um, right now, um, right now we're enjoying uh, Thanksgiving break out here and uh, just working a whole lot. So that's pretty much me. <laughs> nice, man. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts, though, about everything that's going on. Uh, you know, you've been listening. You probably... I know you're you're very involved, man. You're you're always keeping up to date on what's going on. You're, you know, you love it. Mm-hmm, definitely, <laughs> it's an exciting time in our country. It real it really is, man. What do you think of this whole impeachment thing? Uh I want to agree with the last uh, the last uh, statement that I made. It it really is a a sham. Um, quite interestingly, a couple years ago, I had. Uh, I had a a government teacher who actually, <laughs> quite interesting, she predicted that all this would be going down and that there'd be you know a great move to 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 get him out of office and just a, couple, a few years down the road just to see that it quite well amazes me how the Democrats seem to pull a try to pull a sheet over uh over the over our over our country's heads. Yeah, no, absolutely, man, absolutely. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, you're a black Trump supporter, and we're looking at what Kanye West is doing, and we're looking at all the big things that are going on, and how it was just reported the other day that black support for Trump now is at 30, 34%. I think it's higher than that, but what do you make of that, man? It's mm-hmm. impressive, right? Yes, I think that is, that is one of the great accomplishments. Um for me personally, how I look back a couple years ago, I was, you know, heavily against uh, Trump. You know, just he's this evil person. He's going to take over everything and blah, blah, blah. And then I started actually reading. You know, I started reading his book, The Art of the Deal. I started watching documentaries about him. And and then I started actually looking up the history of just the Democratic Party and what they stood for and and what the Republican Party stood for. And it's it's just interesting that some people still support a party that still in existence supports a form of, you know, slavery like socialism. And so with the rise of black conservatives, you know, we we're just seeing we're seeing so many people who are Standing up for truth, standing up for conservative values, and willing to willing to stand up for you know our president, which is a great thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you, you know, how how do we get these people? Like you, you were one of these people at one point that was in a jaded mindset. You thought the president was terrible, but you overcame it, and you read, and you understood that. It was the media that was telling you lies. How do we get other people to stop being so stubborn and stop believing everything they hear from the media and actually get people to do what you did and actually read and find out for themselves? I don't think enough people 
want to take the time to do that, you know? Yeah, I think that's the problem. It's just a lot of people aren't willing to do it. I remember a few months ago, uh, I was, you know, got done with class, and there's this black kid I know. He's a liberal, and he asked me, you know, why do you support Trump? Because, you know, I have my MAGA hat on. And he really, he sat down and he really challenged me to some of my some of my viewpoints, and, you know, I defended him pretty well. But he was still set in his ways. And for me, yeah. um it was having my, my viewpoint challenged and as well as, you know what, maybe I'm, maybe I'm actually wrong about it. And so having that, that will to, to seek it out, you know, to learn for myself, to know if it, you know, if what the media is telling me is true. And then I, I look and I research and it's like everything that they told me was a lie. And it's like, wow. And I think that's how we have to reach people. We, we gotta be kind and compassionate. Um, and sometimes it, it takes time for knowledge to seek in, to seep in really deep before they actually get it. And, you know, it's really amazing, really powerful. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And we're seeing everything in the, you know, I mean, it's, he, like, people like Kanye, people like, you know, Tiger Woods, People like Floyd Mayweather, all these people are Trump supporters. It makes a difference, you know. It, it and it, it's really um, once Kanye came out and supported Trump, we saw how the black community like doubled their support for Trump within 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 like a week. They took a poll and it like doubled. It was insane the number. I mean that that uh-huh. is amazing. It is truly spectacular, and just how the media was like telling this the names that they called him. And it's just oh, yeah. really kind of interesting. But the support that came out for him, you know, with Candace Owens and Brandon Tatum and some of them who are heading this movement. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, really, that's a really great thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful – it really is. Uh, stay with us, Star. we got a lot to get into to the show tonight. Um, we'll, I'll definitely going to come back to you. We're going to go through various segments. But I do want to introduce – uh, to the show, I believe he's with us right now. Um, let's make sure we have former Massachusetts State Director for the Trump campaign, Dean Cavarada. Did I pronounce it right? You were very close, Rory uh, Cavarada. Dean Cavarada. Cavarada. Okay, that's easy. Cavarada. 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 That's easy. Okay. Welcome <laughs> to the show, man. Uh, I'm really happy Thank you. to have you here. Yeah, absolutely, Dean. And I apologize about the other night. It was a crazy show. Uh, they had me way overbooked, and we had so many people on that night, and I just, you know, I really I feel bad about that. I'm sorry. No problem, Rory. It's great to be on, and thank you for having me. And uh, it's it's been it's been it's a crazy time we live in, that's for sure. I've never seen anything like it, and I've been I've been doing no, ab- politics stuff for for quite a while. <laughs> absolutely. So, Dean, a uh, first time on the show. Please tell everybody a little bit about yourself. You know, I do that with all the guests when they first come on. I like to get a bio, kind of get kind of your life story and kind of how you got to where you are. I mean, you were the, the you know, the state director for the, for the Trump campaign in Massachusetts. It's, it's a big deal, man. Not yeah. You know, no, it's, it's a it, it really great experience, Rory. We, uh, our, our election calendar in 2016 was pushed up to be uh, on super Tuesday, believe it or not. And so because of our strategic importance with New Hampshire, uh, Corey Lewandowski uh, needed a state director, and uh, before you know it, I, I fell into that role after meeting with the New Hampshire folks. 
and uh, it was it was quite an experience getting involved. Uh, in Massachusetts, I guess I was the third person to get behind Mr. Trump after Ernie Bach, the uh, uh, very successful car dealer owner in our state and Howie Carr, uh, radio talk show legend. So I joke with people all the time that I was number three on that list. But in the beginning then, uh, we were uh, to support New Hampshire in their first in the nation primary, and then it dovetailed over to our state. And actually, back in 2016, Mr. Trump won with 49.6% of the vote. We just missed 50%. In, in the crowded field of candidates and the rest is history, Rory, after that. That's that's for sure. <laughs> man, man, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So you work you work for the Trump campaign, which is big huge. Tell us about, you know, you you've obviously been doing quite a few things and I know you have uh an impressive resume. Yeah, I um I, I was involved before Mr. Trump's election and, and have obviously stayed involved and, and you know I, I knew we had something special when uh, all kinds of people were coming into our campaign office looking for bumper stickers, and, and the cops on the street were nodding and, and giving us thumbs up. And, uh, you know, it got so crazy that uh, people were running out of materials and pu- pu- pulling lawn signs out of the New Hampshire towns and, and bringing them down to Massachusetts in the beginning. So I knew we had something special. Um, I, I, I'm a teacher. I'm a former uh, public school teacher and social worker at the Worcester County Sheriff's Office here in central Massachusetts. And uh, uh, I've seen on the social side, and and I'm a product of the Boston schools. I went to Northeastern University in in town. And there's always one side presented, Rory, in in the media, the Boston Globe and the New York Times and and, and all of the things that we're hearing in the media. It presents one side of the issues, and, and our young people are being indoctrinated with just uh, one side of the issue. And uh, it, it's really reaching a, a pivotal point here with Mr. Trump's reelection. And, uh, uh, you know, now this time around, the, the national campaign is really focusing on New Hampshire, and so a lot of people are getting involved in our state to try to go up there and turn it red uh, in the Electoral College and help our down-ballot people. So that's what I'm focusing on this cycle. Uh, we have a new Massachusetts State Party chairman in Jim Lyons. He's from Andover. He's a former state rep. And Barack Obama actually got personally involved in his uh, state representative race. To kind of go give, you, give your uh, listeners a sense of what the liberals do in terms of targeting uh, strong voices out there. And uh, he became our chairman recently, and he's trying to make uh, our party uh, stronger on the grassroots level. So I'm actually running for the state committee for my region of the state, and our, our elections are next uh, March, the same day as the presidential primary. Amazing, amazing. What do you what do you make of this whole impeachment nonsense? What you know, I, we were talking about that a bunch earlier, and I'm sure you had a have a bunch of thoughts of some of the stuff I uh, discussed earlier. But this whole impeachment thing, I'm sure you're just sick of it. Oh yeah, well I mean I think it could be the best. Uh, get out the vote recruitment effort we've ever had because I think people are looking at uh, what's being presented so far and it's really just an attempt to overturn 16 and uh, take the, take the attention off the lackluster field. I've been listening to some of your guests so far and I think they were spot on in terms of uh, how this field is yet to click with voters and our former governor Deval Patrick is now in the race, and so we have a good experience level with him. And so he's very close to Obama and his political uh, people. So the idea that he's in the race is a direct rebuttal to Liz- Elizabeth Warren and, and and Joe Biden. So having come from you know this part of the state, we're kind of seeing this play out on the ground, and uh, 
of course, you know, I'm, I live only 20 miles from New Hampshire, so I've been up there helping candidates as well. And uh, uh, I think that they're really worried, Rory, about their lack of connection to real voters. And, of course, we all know that in most states, the unenrolled voters uh, carry a lot of sway. Uh, and so there are enough unenrolled voters that are not impressed so far in New Hampshire or Massachusetts. And so those are the people that we're trying to reach out to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, so l- let me ask you this. What, what do you, do you ever see somewhere like Massachusetts ever flipping? I know, I know there's a lot of old school Democrats there, you know, like the Kennedy Democrats. And I know that's the thing there, but I also know there's, you know, a good amount of liberals, but what are your thoughts? Cause if you get in the suburbs, if you get outside of the city of Boston, it's pretty conservative, right? Well, it's uh, we have more of a purple state than 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 hardcore blue. I know that sounds uh, that might sound paradoxical to some of your listeners, but um, we've had um, uh, we've had uh, Republican governors uh, in office for the last uh, fifteen to twenty years uh, pretty regularly. Mitt Romney, Charlie Baker, uh, others before him. I started uh, under Paul Salucci and Bill Weld back in the nineteen nineties, and. Uh, People want a choice, and, and the largest uh, growing segment of voters in Massachusetts is unenrolled. It's, it's close to 55%, and so people want uh, an alternative. And like your uh, former guests have said, the Democrats have really gone too far to the left where a lot of people are looking for an alternative. So uh, Mr. Trump in 16 was that alternative, and I remind people – uh, all the time that Hillary Clinton is not our president of the United States, and I get a round of applause when I go and, and speak or talk to people, but uh, they really have uh, not connected. And even with the uh, the tilt in the liberal colleges up here, you see a lot of people searching for something else. And in the 16 election, Trump didn't campaign here in Massachusetts in the final. He still got over uh, close to he got a million uh, a million votes in Massachusetts without campaigning. So uh, we have to work on the nuts and bolts of our party and give people a, a voice and, and encourage candidates to run. It's going to be a multi-year effort, so that's why I'm involved in the state committee races coming up in March. Yeah, and speaking of Bill, well, he's running for president. So you used to work with him. What? What are your thoughts on him? What do you- <laughs> uh, well, that, 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 that was over 25 years ago. Again, he won his election for governor because the Democratic candidate went too far. So the lesson there, he, he's forgotten his own history, that if you don't connect with voters, if you turn people off, people will give uh, us a, a, a shot. And, and, and so he was very popular for going against the grain. Um, but, you know, I kind of lost support of, with him when he went to the Libertarian Party. If he wasn't going to try to change the party within, and then now he's trying to come back, uh, I, I definitely think it was a long shot. And so, uh, you know, I started with him uh, in, in the 90s, but I, I have ended with Trump, so I guess I've seen the light. <laughs> right. No, I, I hear you. And, you know, just working in Massachusetts politics and stuff and just being around the area – Really, really corrupt, isn't it? I've read so many stories about governors and politicians there. I mean, you guys got Pocahontas. You got some of the most corrupt governors in the past. Um, it's bad, isn't it? Well, it's bad, and it starts with the lack of a competitive two-party system. So uh, we, have, we as Republicans have to do a good job of uh, not shooting ourselves in the lifeboat and coming together and working against the uh, majority party here. Uh, most of the state reps and state senators go unopposed. 
Um, and and it, it creates a system where uh, in our legislature, the Democrats are carving up the $40 billion state budget per year amongst themselves. And uh, uh, again, we have a new party chairman that's trying to build it from the grassroots up. And uh, we we're focusing on local elections. We need people, we need Trump supporters to continue staying involved. And so that's what I try to do is help people stay involved uh, and run locally. And even then it's not easy, but you know, if, if, if Mr. Trump can do it nationally, we can do it locally. And considering everything that's being thrown at him with the media coverage, which uh, it's not even close, uh, anything's possible. And so I, I encourage people to keep the faith. And uh, we have a real opportunity to help our, our, our brethren in New Hampshire uh, flip some races up there. Absolutely. And what, what do you make of um, – so what, what kind of – let me ask you this first. What kind of – pro-Trump candidates. Are you working with any out of Massachusetts? Are there any running that, uh, you know, maybe have some, maybe have a shot or some potential? Well, we, uh, there's, 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 there's a gentleman running for Congress. His name is Steve Negron. He's in, uh, he's up in New Hampshire, actually. He's running against Ann Custer, who's kind of a, a Nancy Pelosi uh, wannabe. Uh, he's running uh, in Nashua, New Hampshire, in, in the South. Uh, we have, uh, some candidates that our chairman Jim Lyons is trying to recruit in Massachusetts to run. Uh, there's right. some activists that I'm talking to. Uh, we want to encourage them to step forward. Uh, one gentleman, his name is John Paul Moran. He's an activist in Bill Ricca. Uh, and, and we're trying to maybe have him consider uh, taking a look at some of the congressional seats. So uh, it's early in the cycle. Uh, we also just had our national, uh, our, one of our sheriffs has just been named the honorary coach uh, chair for Trump. His name is Tom Hodgson, the Bristol County Sheriff. So I salute him for his efforts on immigration and, and talking tough on, on ICE. And I certainly have an experience level there, having worked in the system. Um, so we're excited. Uh, the first step for us is on our March 3rd presidential primaries to uh, help some of our uh, activists uh, get elected state committee. And that's the race that I'm involved in. So I would just ask your listeners to check out my website, deancav.com, D-E-A-N-C-A-V. That's also my Twitter handle as well. So we're really getting started after the holidays. I love it. I love it. And what do you, dude, what do you make of this guy, your ex-governor, running for president? What do you, what do you make of that? I mean, is it, the guy I heard is really corrupt. He's an Obama lover. They're, apparently they're really close friends. Uh, he's yes. got a history of, of a bad track record. You've lived in the state, so you can speak on it. Yeah, he um he he I think he's looking at the field and he's underwhelmed like a lot of us are are and um uh, I f- I found it very very interesting that that he thought he had a lane and and perhaps he'll he'll move the poll numbers um uh, to to a, such a point where he can he can make a move and obviously New Hampshire and then and then make it to South Carolina. He's an articulate speaker, he's a polished guy. Uh he's from Chicago like Obama. So a lot of the political people that supported President Obama are going to support Deval Patrick. Uh, does he have enough time to make to make an impact? We'll see. But it's very, very significant in my mind that he's in the race, Rory, um, because of uh, the lack of connection that the Elizabeth Warrens and the Bidens. Uh, and, for you know, look at Mayor Pete Surge. I mean, he's an outsider. Democrats are looking for someone that has the gravitas, and unfortunately, in my mind, none of them do. And Bloomberg's making the same calculation, obviously. If he's, if he's thinking he can get in with this gigantic media buy, uh, that's going to be interesting to see. So 
Money alone, uh, Rory, doesn't get you there. If money was the only factor, Hillary Clinton and the billion dollars she spent in 2016 would have carried the day, and it didn't. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It's no, you're absolutely right. And um, you know, I was gonna, I want to, I was gonna ask you, do you think he's as polished and well spoken as Obama? Because Obama's policies are terrible. But if I give him credit for one thing, Obama, he was a good speaker. He knew how to brainwash people he knew how to be slick with his words and convince people that you know he was it, 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 he, he had that skill he had that one skill of, of of being charming does this same guy have that or not to that level because we remember the fascination uh, with obama from the left i mean they were right. fast, they still are fascinated by him yeah and, and and you know to obama's credit and maybe to deval patch's credit they organized very well on the ground uh, let's not forget, and this is me, the tactician, talking. Uh, Obama and his people were wise enough to organize in all the caucus states, and Hillary Clinton and her consultants blew that off. Uh, that's how the junior senator from, from Illinois got on the map uh, in the presidential race last time. But, uh, right. yeah, I, I would give Deval Patrick uh, some kudos there. He's a very good uh, public speaker. He um, is savvy enough, and he has, he's skillful enough to be able to talk into the camera and have a good YouTube video. And in this age of social media, he might be able to, to connect uh, on that level. Um, but, you know, uh, the presidential uh, campaign trail is not Cambridge, Massachusetts, Rory. So you have to appeal to different voters. You have to show your sincerity, uh, and you have to be who you are. So it be very interesting to see how he goes uh, along. I certainly think he could be a potential VP candidate because of his background and his ability to fundraise. So we'll just have to see. Uh, not to switch topics, but I know some of your people were talking earlier about uh, Trump and the media coverage and how unfair it is. I do have a pro-Trump yeah. book. Well, I should I should say a fair Trump book that Bill O'Reilly just came out with uh, that I'm reading now called uh, The United States of Trump. And, uh, you know, O'Reilly calls it down the middle. And if, and if your listeners are interested, I think it's a really fascinating look into Trump's uh, prior uh, – business career and, and, and the rise to the 2016 election. I'm really enjoying reading it, having worked for him. So uh, it's called The United States of Trump by Bill O'Reilly. I love it. I love it. And so look, 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 let me ask you this. What, what do you see? Do you see Massachusetts in play for 2020? I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think there's a lot of people in Massachusetts fed up enough that they could swing in Trump's favor? Uh, I, I see I see New England in play because you know you know the Democrats are moving so far out of the mainstream. Uh, the purple states like Minnesota, Massachusetts, uh, Michigan, uh, people people want an alternative. Common sense goes a long way. I mean, why are we pushing Medicare for all when we should be saving Medicare for seniors? Uh, the private healthcare industry in our state and other New England states is very uh, popular. So the idea right. that we're going to ha go against a Democrat that's going to try to eliminate private health insurance just doesn't fly right. with most unenrolled people. So anything's possible. I mean, let's not forget uh, George McGovern only <laughs> uh, got destroyed in 1972, uh, and Richard Dixon got overwhelmingly reelected because he stayed within the mainstream. So I'm going to say anything's possible. Uh, my goal is just to work with people on the ground and all of the Trump people that got involved four years ago and keep them involved in politics. So that's my focus now. And, and, and if we can sneak in a win in New Hampshire, we're, we're, we're changing the tide. So I'm excited. And, and, what and you, it's, been a, it's been really fun. Yeah. And what do you make of this 
you, you brought up Medicare for All, and I always talk about it on my show. It's cattle call. It's Southwest Airlines. Has anybody ever been to the DMV? Has anybody ever waited in, for hours at the DMV? It would be 100 times worse than that. And, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, Medicare already is, has its own debt and its own financial problems. You want to give it to the whole universe, including illegals? Who's paying for it? I mean, this is ridiculous. Well, it is ridiculous, and even Joe Biden's trying to be the moderate on that issue. So if you really listen carefully in between the gaffes, he's trying to improve Obamacare, which, which in and of itself has a lot of problems, modeled after Romney Care, by the way, in Massachusetts. So even Biden is wary of the promises that they're making, yet all of the activists in the Democratic side, and we certainly see that at the state level up here, uh, gravitate towards that purity uh, you know, the Green New right. Deal, don't forget Senator Markey, uh, our <laughs> senator up here, got on board with AOC. And it's like, you know, okay, so $13 trillion plus doesn't matter, Senator Markey. You're just going to support that because the activists want you to say that. So, But he's in a dogfight, too, up here, Rory, against Joe Kennedy. So uh, we're going to try to mount a strong candidate to be this, the, the common sense alternative to both of them. So that's our goal up here. Yeah, isn't Boston a sanctuary city? Uh, it is. There, there, there are some sanctuary cities. Again, that issue, uh, Mr. Trump has a really good handle on in, in the common yeah. sense, unenrolled voters saying, geez, you know, how can we, how can we enforce the law? There how needs can to be we, some uh, sort of legislation. Share? There needs to be some sort of legislation that doesn't allow these governors to give the declare or, or give the, the make the laws of uh, making of allowing these places to be sanctuary cities. It should be – there should be some sort of federal legislation that prohibits it and blocks it. Well, look, well, I've worked for county sheriffs. I've worked for a sheriff up here that had to deal with uh, real-life issues where we would, we, would, uh, we would be communicating with ICE on detainers. And all ICE detainers are, Rory, uh, having been inside uh, a county jail system, is, is basically to notify ICE of the current status of incarceration of an illegal alien, for example, that's been picked up on uh, uh, an OUI or something like that, uh, as an example. And uh, the idea that we're not going to give sheriff the tools to communicate with our federal law enforcement, the liberals are suggesting right. that, you know, we're not federal taxpayers. Somehow, the, somehow there's a disconnect there that our taxes stop at the state line when, in fact, we all, as we know, uh, you know, pay federal taxes every year. So the idea that we're going to hamper ICE or not them, not allow them into a courtroom is pretty mind-boggling to me, and most people get that. It's absurd. It really is. And, uh, Dean, I could, I could talk to you all day, my friend. I, I definitely want you to stick around if you can uh, and definitely want to get you back soon. I could, I'll probably get back to you before the show's over. We're going to do a few more segments, but uh, please tell everybody where they can connect with you and all that good stuff. I appreciate it, Rory. Well, my, my new website for our state committee race is DeanCav.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is DeanCav uh, on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, which is the lifeblood of politics nowadays, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm at Dean Cavaretta, and I really appreciate being on your show for the first time, and uh, uh, go Trump Nation. I love it. Yeah, stay with us if you can. I've got some more stuff to discuss, but yeah, I love having you here, man. Thank you. Very well said. All, all your, all your, all your uh, different points. I love it. Thanks, Rory. Thanks for having me. All right, absolutely. Uh, everybody, uh, stay with us. We're going to take a quick commercial. 
and then we have more people on the panel and our guests. So this is the Rory Sodder Show. It's a beautiful night. We'll be right back. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind the scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. It is a beautiful evening. It is Tuesday, another week, another episode of the Rory Sauter Show. I do want to welcome, I believe she's with us right now, I want to make sure, we have doctor and lobbyist, Minnie Diaz. Are you with us? Minnie Diaz, are you with us? Real weird. Hold on a second. Let's try again. Minnie Diaz, are you with us? Yes. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Sorry, you were on mute for some reason. I fixed it. Something wrong with the settings. I just fixed it. But uh, how are you? Welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little Thank bit about you yourself. Uh, absolutely. Very <laughs> okay. happy to have you here. Thank you. Well, a little bit about myself. I am a United States Air Force veteran of 13 years. 
Thank you for your service. Um, thank you. And uh, being in the military, you learn quite a few things. Like um, my first job was to be an investigator. And so I see when I see weird things happening, like, for example, impeachment stuff, fake impeachment, uh, I, I pick it up right away. I've been an advocate and a community activist, clergy. Um, I've done work in, in theology, a chaplain in the Air Force as well, in hospital. I ran for office. I had the guts to run for U.S. Senate Virginia without any money, any name recognition, any political backing. I, I'm the kind that likes to rock the boat a little bit to bring attention to um, issues that impact America and where America is going. And unfortunately, I was told, well, I just all witnessed how Virginia went all blue. And uh, that broke my heart. I'm living now in Texas. Um, and uh, so, but I'm talking tonight from Florida because I came over to take care of some family business. So um, if you want a little bit more information on me, you can always go to LinkedIn under Dr. Minerva Diaz, and you can read the CV that is in there. I love America. I love our president. I love God even more. Go ahead. Ask me questions now. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about your uh, your military career. Sounds very impressive. You You served our country for quite some time. Yes, um, I um, I got commissioned out of the Air, Air, Air Force ROTC um, in 1985 out of the um, University of Puerto Rico at Mayaguez, and which is an engineering school. And uh, I didn't study engineering though. And uh, I was the only female to uh, receive a commission that summer out of that university, or I believe by that whole year. And my first assignment was with the Air Force, Air Force Office of Special Investigations, and I, they sent me straight from Puerto Rico straight to New Hampshire. So that was a, a weather shock and a culture shock. And um, I was a rookie agent, and um, they, then they sent me to the academy, and I graduated from the academy and at Andrews and Bowling Air Force Base in the D.C. area. And uh, so I, uh, I did that for a little bit, um, maybe two years, two and a half years, and cross-trained to another career field, operations management, um, watching the, um, overseeing the, um, the operations of the FB-111s on alert, uh, which was at the end of um, the Cold War. President Reagan was our president, and President Bush, number 41, was the, um, our vice president back then. So I was trained in the conservative policies of President Reagan and how he did foreign foreign policy and all that. And then I moved on to command and control in North Carolina and then chaplaincy. And um, so I, I have uh, some expertise, but I've, I've been removed far from, you know, it's been a while since I was in the military. So all I know is old stuff. I don't know them, any of the new stuff which is modern, updated, and everything changes. But um, there's wisdom in age. There's wisdom in gray hair, so I'll stick to that. <laughs> Very nice. So being an, inve- being investiga- being an investigator and in, in, involved with investigations, you probably saw everything. I quite did. I did see everything, and um, I saw it from the very, very graphic dead people, shot people, 
to uh, protect the service, to intel, uh, fraud. Um, the only thing that I didn't do um, because it was just not my thing was like criminal drugs and stuff like that was not my forte. So I, I didn't do much of that. But I did a lot of the other stuff, investigative um, issues. Oh, what were you saying? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I did a, a more of the other things that I mentioned before, but not of the um, drugs, no, no drugs, not, not, not of that stuff. I'm going to get I'm going to speak to the phone. I think there's an echo. How about now? Is it, does it sound better? Yeah, you were cutting out for a little bit. Now it sounds a little better, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, I can hear you. So go ahead and with yeah, the Yeah, now I, I can hear you much better now. Go. I can hear you much better. Okay. So um, the years of the um, in the Air Force um, opens a realm of integrity because back then integrity mattered in your investigations. And especially that, you know, they wanted you to answer the basic investigative questions of what, where, how, when, who, why, and any witnesses, what did the witness see or did not see, what did the witness say. If, uh, if there was a, a second or third witness, that was considered hearsay or gossip. So um, I think uh, there's a, been a lot of activity in Congress lately to try to impeach our president. And quite frankly, I see it as a coup. In my little training back in the day, what we see actively happening in Congress today, back in the day, through the lens of my training, I see it as a coup. Yeah. So, um, so it's awful. There's no integrity. There's no. Uh, it's people's opinion and people what they think policy should be, but never any. Um, it can be completely dismantled. By the way, the transcript is the first thing that dismantles the whole charade. But unfortunately, they keep on pressing in, uh, and it just brings tremendous amount of um, uncertainty. And all these yeah. nations, all these our enemies, and all these other nations are looking into America, and they think the America is going to disintegrate. They think that we are weak, and they might try something. I don't know if they will or not. But just because when you're your you're worst, you know, considered your worst enemy, the one that always fights for truth and justice and freedom, when the nation is almost at a civil war point, um, that's yeah. what it is. But it's, it's, it's philosophically, we are almost at a civil war point. And um, it's just, uh, it makes us very vulnerable. So we have to be very, very, very careful. And we have right. to be able to respond to any hiccups or any attempts by any nation to try to um, to uh, move aggressively towards us. Right. And I know, I know you're heavily involved right now in different activism. Tell the audience what different, the different things you're working on, because I know you're definitely, um, you know, you're, you're, you're making, you're making a, a, a big impact for sure. Thank you. Yes, I am. I am a civil society contributor uh, with Ambassador Sam Brownback, who is the Religious Liberty um, amb- Ambassador. And uh, why that matters is because faith always impacts the culture and the politics and the policies of the nations. So um, I've had an eye on Latin America because, obviously, I'm Hispanic, and um, 
so I've always um, watched closely the religious expression of Latin America, all the countries in Latin America, and how um, some things changes and somehow some denominations have been able to um, have um, an impact other than the established faith that was established by the Spaniards 200 years ago. So um, it's interesting to see how um, some, um, when, when, a, when a country goes com, uh, socialist, for example, Venezuela, at one point they started to um, persecute the evangelicals in the Catholic faith. They started taking away their um, places of worship or closing them down or closely monitoring yeah. their expression and what they would say from the pulpit. Um, and uh, we see this, unfortunately, in America um, pastors are being watched closely as well because of the Johnson Amendment, and it's right. a muzzle. That yeah. is a muzzle, and um, quite some people ask me, "Oh, what do you think they'll take away our five? Where our five old, you know, they are our tax exempt?" And I say, sometimes I say, you know what? That might be a good thing because the church yeah. is not meant to be an institution that answers right. to politics. A church exactly. is the institution by God, and God yes. says what, and the prophets and the apostles and the and the pastors are to be free to exercise and speak freely what the Bible says from A to Z on every subject under the earth. So um, right. I think right. that maybe it's not a, such a bad thing if they take that away. And they'll, here, yeah. here is your money, IRS, and I will speak freely on what the Word of God has to say on every subject. I, I so that's one of the things I do. Right. Yes, that's one of the things I do. Go ahead. Yeah, the war on Christianity is real right now. I mean, it's a, it's, it, it, you know, we, we've never seen so much divisiveness. Uh, you know, people want to take prayer out of school. They want to take faith away from people. They want to call people bigots just because they believe in reading the Bible. I mean, they're there and everybody wants people to accept Muslims. I mean, it's the weirdest culture we're living in. And I mean, let's face it. America was founded upon Christianity. That That's what it, I mean. That's the I mean, it's majority of people in America are Christian. You know, you can't take away something so important. And, and it's really scary right now. I do hate to cut this short because I, I definitely could talk to you all day. I want to get you back very soon and we can talk a lot more. Uh, but I have to get to the next guest. But please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yes, um, follow me on Twitter on um, Mini M I N N I E capital D uh, number four USA Mini for USA Mini D for USA. I'm on LinkedIn under Dr. Minerva Diaz. I'm on Facebook. Um, one, I have two pages. One is already booked, uh, you know, full 5,000 because Facebook only allows you 5,000. But the other one still has openings under the Dr. Dr. Minerva Mini Diaz. They wouldn't even let me put quotations on there, but hey, hey, it is what it is. I hope to hear from all of you. I'm a speaker. I speak nationally on all kinds of subjects um, through radio or in person, conferences. So if you need a speaker, just, just let me know. And uh, happy Thanksgiving, and God bless you all. Well, God bless you, and I loved having you on. And I want to get you back probably next week because there's a lot I want to talk to you about, just about the war on Christianity, how divisive our country is, and just some of the stuff, you know, that we didn't get to. I know, I know you're getting involved with a lot of different activist, activist stuff, so I definitely want to uh, talk about that more. Okay, sounds good. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe she's with us. Um, make sure we have Jexit leader, uh, Alexandra Levine. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? I'm actually, um, I'm a founder of Hashtag Jexit, and I am the treasurer of the board of Jexit, Inc. So thank okay, you for perfect. having me. Absolutely. Sorry yeah. Sorry for the mix-up. Um, That's yeah, okay. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm honored to be on this show. Thank you, Rory. So my name is Alexandra Levine. Um, I founded um, Hashtag Jexit with my founder and president, Michelle Lubin-Terras, in October 2018, and then we became a corporation in March 2019. And why did we become a corporation? So Hashtag Jexit originally focused on combating anti-Semitism, the persecution of Christians and other minorities, and calling the squad out and calling other legislators that support anti-Semitic rhetoric and support terrorist organizations. And we went to the U.S. Capitol grounds in May 2019 uh, with 25 speakers, and Dr. Minerva Diaz was actually one of our speakers for that event. So I'm glad that she was on because she's a wonderful woman with a great story. And we had people of different religions, races, creeds, different ages, and they came from all different places all over the country. Um, to talk about their story and how anti-Semitism and racism really affected them um, when they were born. And it's affecting them even now in 2019. It's affecting me as a young Jewish uh, millennial woman um, now in 2019. And another thing that Hashtag Jexit focuses on is having Jews, Christians, other minorities, people of different orientations literally exit the Democratic Party and vote Republican, vote for a party that represents them. And President Trump by far is the most pro-Israel president that we've had um, in the history of our lifetime. He's also the most pro-Black president we've ever had in the history of our lifetime, as well as pro-Hispanic, pro-Asian American, pro-Native American, pro-gay. He supports everybody. He doesn't care what your religion or your race is or your ethnicity. He supports everybody and he's worked with everybody um, for years and years and years and years. And hashtag Jexit believes in going back to our Judeo-Christian values. And we want to make Judeo-Christian values great again. Hashtag Jexit is the Judeo-Christian revival. And that's what's something really important. That's what sets us apart from a lot of other different groups is we want to go back to our roots, our original roots that have been lost and educate our young people, especially our young millennials, on the Holocaust, on democratic socialism, and how everything in life is not free, and how you have to work for everything, and you have to work hard, and you have to be smart, and that you want to succeed your parents, and you don't want to go backwards in life. You don't want to what we call retrogress. You want to progress. The squad uses that term loosely. A, a, a Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez is not a progressive. She is a retrogressor. Uh, no, it's true. And, and we really, again, we really need to educate our kids on the youth. Seen. She's ridiculous, and she's got 4 million, you know, Twitter followers. The majority of them are young millennials, and it's because she says everything in life is free. But she also, what really, you know, the young people need to understand is that she's telling you not to get married, not to procreate, not to have children. She lies to the American people, says you're all going to be dead in 12 years by global warming, which is a hoax. Um, the, first of all, the majority, all of the Senate actually voted no against the Green New, the, the, uh, Green New Deal. So that should be debunked right then and there. We shouldn't even be talking about it in the House. Um, and it's just, it's really, really bad. I mean, the squad 
is, is run and organized by CARE, which is a terrorist organization. George Soros is an anti-Juju. Tom Steyer, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, um, Black Lives Matter, Dream Defenders, and BDS, which stands for Boycott, Invest, and Sanction, which believes that Israel is an apartheid state and that Israel is occupying Palestinian territory, which we all know is not true. So these are false remedies that need to be called out. And my organization is not afraid to call out the enemy. We're not afraid to call yes. out the BS. And, it need, you know, it needs to happen. It really needs to happen. And I know you're doing a lot of activism stuff. I know you're out there talking to the voters and, you know, talking to different people. And so what, what's, what's, like, the reaction? What kind of different – Well, like what, let me tell you. The what average, do you run into? Yeah, the average – yeah, the average American does not support democratic socialism. The average Jewish American does not support democratic socialism. So that's something that's really important. I saw that in the 2018 election because I worked for governor, my, my, my governor in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis. I worked on his campaign. He won 35% of the Jewish vote in the state of Florida, which was more than yeah. former Governor Rick Scott did, and, my, and now Rick Scott is my U.S. senator, was more than uh, Rick Scott's uh, U.S. Senate race. And that kind of opened a lot of doors for me. And who did Governor Ron DeSantis run against? A Democratic Socialist, Andrew Gillum, the yeah. former mayor of Tallahassee. So it shows that yeah. there is a rejection of it um, in the country. If, it, if there's a rejection of it in the state of Florida alone, imagine what the rejection of it is nationwide. And it will be a big rejection if Elizabeth Warren becomes our nominee or if, God forbid, Bernie Sanders becomes our nom nominee or even Mayor Pete Buttigieg that you were talking about before, because he's leaning towards the left. The more far yeah. left these candidates go, the more it turns off the average American voter. The average American voter does not believe in Medicare for all. The average American voter does not believe in open borders and sanctuary states and sanctuary cities and specifically democratic socialism. So this is something that needs to be brought to the forefront. And I see a lot more Jewish people and Christians and other minorities. They are literally exiting the Democratic Party. Some of them aren't leaving the party. They're not changing their parties, but they're voting Republican because they see that that's the right way right now. The majority of the American people love the way that the economy is headed. We are at record highs right. in the Dow Jones Industrial and the NASDAQ and the S&P. That's what the average American person is looking at. They're looking at their 401ks. They're looking at their investments. And they're seeing that everything is going up, even with all this impeachment crap happening, which is crap, by the way. It's BS. Um, the stock yeah. market is still, is still going up. You know, it's not affecting the, the stock market. It's not affecting people's investments in 401ks. Um, and, and President Trump has been adding jobs nationwide. You know, he opened up a new Louis Vuitton plant in Texas. Um, he's opened yeah. up a lot of new plants. Um, a lot of places that said they were moving to Mexico or China, he stopped them from moving because he says, you know, you can move there. Or we're just going to tax the crap out of you if you move over there. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that has really, you know, caught, um, got into the psyche of, the, of um, people that own these companies like Lockheed Martin, Martin and, and GM and Ford and so on and, and Cadillac and even carrier air yeah. conditioning. Um, the president was able to save 1,500 jobs with carrier air conditioning based in uh, Indiana. And those people make a really good living um, in, uh, with carrier air conditioning. So it would have stunk if they all lost all their jobs. Um, but, yeah, he's the change agent, and people really love the fact that he is the change agent, that he cares about the American people. You know, when he came out in 2016, he said to the African-American community, what the hell do you have to lose? That really triggered right. a lot of different minorities as well. And I say to the it Jewish did. community, you know, why would you have such chutzpah in Yiddish? It means such nerve. 
to vote for someone who does not yeah. support you, who does not support your yeah. party? Why would you why would you put your vote to a Bernie Sanders or an Elizabeth Warren? Who does who 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 doesn't even want aid to go to Israel anymore? Who wants to break the trade agreements that the USA has with Israel? And that's something that's yeah. Yeah. really important. It needs to be educated on. Again, I, there's too many I, Holocaust deniers and Nazi sympathizers and white supremacists out there. The far left doesn't yeah. even talk about that. Um, I'll tell right. you a story. Um, last night I, I, I was do, in I Old do gotta, like, I do gotta let you go because I gotta close out the show. But I want to get you back on next week or the week after and talk okay. to you a lot more well, this is important a lot of things because they were focusing on you know they were focused there was a holocaust survivor there it was Anne frank's stepsister and she told her story in only maryland and that's something that needs to be told and that's something that needs to yeah. be shown in classrooms right. nationwide I, I do gotta let i do gotta go i do gotta go though can you tell everybody where they but can please find visit you us on jexitusa.org jexitusa.org you can uh find us you can go to israel with our organization jexitusa.org the j-e-x-i-t usa.org follow us on twitter jexit the number four trump that's jexit the number four trump on twitter all right perfect thank you so much we'll get you back soon thank you you're welcome um, let's go to close out the show. Tim, Tim, go ahead. I got about four minutes left. I got to close out the show, but Tim, go ahead. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yep. Yep. You can find me at timfazenbaker.com. That's F-A-Z-E-N-B-A-K-E-R. You can find me on Facebook at, at, uh, Fazenbaker for Congress and on Twitter at America One Tim Faze. Thank you guys. And as always, American Kids First. Absolutely, Tim. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Henning, go Thank ahead. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yes, yeah, so you, can, you can find me right at my web, website. It's uh, Henning with the number 4Ohio2020.com, or you can go on Twitter. It's uh, DRD Henning, um, as well as on Facebook. You can look up uh, Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E-H-E-N-N-E-N, and you can connect with me there. Thanks. Absolutely. Um, Todd McKinley, go ahead. Yes, sir. Yeah, you can check out my website. It's toddforhouse.com, T-O-D-D, number four, H-O-U-S-C dot com. On Twitter, at Todd for House. And again, that's T-O-D-D, the number four, H-O-U-S-C. And also, if you want to check out some articles that I write, I Vote Tennessee. That's the letter I, votetennessee.com. You can check out some of my articles I write there. I also share them on my Twitter. Uh, let's have a great uh, Make America Great Again Thanksgiving, everybody. Absolutely. Um, let's go to, uh, star, go ahead, my friend, tell everybody where they can connect with you. Uh, hey, you can connect with me on Twitter at press star three. That is T H E P R Z a star. And the numbers, uh, one, 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 which equals a three, uh, catch my Instagram at fair star 93. S-I-R-S-T-A-R, that's all lowercase, 93. And Facebook is my name, Star Carter Third. Um, yeah, Blacks for Trump. Thanks so much. Absolutely, my friend. Real pleasure. Thank you. Um, let's also go to Tamara. Tamara, please tell everybody where they can connect with you and find your show and all that good stuff. Thank you. I am on Twitter at Tamara Lee underscore LLC. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-L-E-I-G-H underscore LLC. And I am on Periscope at 
twitch.tv forward slash Tamerly's Trend On. We are on YouTube at Tamerly's Trend On featuring Brent Hamachuk. And you can find me on Patreon and PayPal at Tamerly LLC. So all those great places. would love to have you join us Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Central Time. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Honored to be here. Excellent. Excellent. We'll have you back soon. Definitely. Great. Everybody, I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my sponsors and guests. Uh, You are all amazing. I hope you all have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, I will be back live with you on Saturday on AM Radio KFNX, and then we'll be, we'll be back to our normal schedule next week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Uh, until then, though, uh, God bless you all. Uh, I love you, um, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Like I said, uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. Have a great night, everybody. Cheers.